Hey, where's Chris at? Hey, Jason, what's up, buddy? Hey, what you doing? You think you can come waterboard me? Listen, you know the agency doesn't waterboard people. But I love President Biden. Welcome to Chrissy Chaos. Hi, I'm Slushy. What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of Chrissy Chaos. I'm Chrissy Stefano, a.k.a. Chrissy CIA. Today, we have a CIA agent. I don't know if he's former, current. I don't think it matters when you're in the CIA. It's just because whatever he tells me, I, I won't believe. I think it's some undercover sting operation. I don't know. I don't even know if he's actually was, is a biological male or he, he's just undercover as one. I have no clue what's going on because when you're with the CIA, things get crazy. The one thing I do know about this man I'm about to introduce is if he was still in the CIA, he would not have pulled out of Afghanistan because he does not pull out. He has six children. His name, Jason Hansen, folks. Thanks for having me. What does the R in Jason R. Hansen stand for? Nothing exciting. Roland. That's my middle name. Roland's your middle name? Yeah, yeah, Roland is my middle name. I thought it would be Ronald. No, it's not. Dude, you look... Here's the thing with you, man, is you're in the CIA. You're used in, to be. Used, used to, be. to be in the CIA, but you're coming in here like the like I would walk past you in the street and be like, this guy, he's got on, you know, uh, 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 like cargo pants, a shirt. He just looks like any soccer dad that, you know... Is just depressed and, you know, an undercover alcoholic like the rest of right. Americans. But you can kill me with your fingers. But that's the whole point. Right. If I was seven feet tall like Shaquille O'Neal, I wouldn't blend in very good. Right. So some of the toughest people I knew were like a four foot tall redheaded woman. Right. And that's the whole point of the agency. You're supposed to be blending in. You're supposed to look boring. And because if you don't, how are you going to do your job? Yeah, 100%. I, yeah, I would never suspect you. Now, I... When I went to high school, shout out Archbishop Malloy High School, Queens, New York, not for school, but for life. Um, I, non scala la vite, that's what they would pound into our heads. Shout out, uh, Brother Rob. So, throats. So, you, I, it was an all-boy Catholic high school, and they would always have someone from the high school come in and talk about their careers. Like, you know, mm -hmm. cool people, right? And one guy was in the CIA. I forgot what his name was. He's probably dead now. And he said that the CIA, he was a CIA, he said, listen, it's awesome. People always want to ask me about aliens and this and that, which I will ask you about. He was like, but truth be told, most of us, the CIA, we're just, our main job is accounting. We look after, we do a, crimes in accounting. Like we're, we're, that's what the CIA is mostly doing is trying to get people for tax stuff. Is that true? Not at all. I have no yes. idea. I have no idea. Because I didn't even believe he was from. in the CIA. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Okay. Uh, obviously, the IRS is, well, here's the IRS joke. So if you're with the agency, obviously, mm -hmm. you're undercover. And so if you're sitting on an airplane and somebody says, hey, what do you do for a living? You say, I work for the IRS because then nobody wants to talk to you anymore. Sure. So, yeah, about that whole accounting thing, never heard of that. No idea. The agency obviously has like a million different jobs people are doing. Right. But as far as your taxes or whatever. It's stupid. Right. So how do you even get recruited for the CIA? Here's the huge myth. 99% of people apply, right? Just like I did. You mm -hmm. apply, you go through the 12-month, very rigorous mm -hmm. process. You pass the polygraphs, the background check, the medical, the or medical, the psychological exam. You know, it took me a year, right? One percent actually get recruited, and those are often the guys who speak seventeen languages, went to MIT, have a cousin who's a you know have some 
thing the agency really wants. But the rest right. of us are just very, very lucky to get through the whole process. Right. I feel like you're very, um, you're very, like you're looking through me, which I like. I almost feel like I want to tell you I am working undercover for the Russians. I just, <laughs> it's like you're making. You, you would be perfect. I would, Chinese are Russians. The Chinese are the ones we have to worry about. Yes. There's more Chinese spies in the U.S. than any other uh, government in the world. Build the wall. Especially in New York City, in the universities here. We heard that. I heard that that China, they had their own, um, right here in New York City, had their own like um, kind of mobile command post, right? right? That, that's all real. Plus, they've infiltrated pretty much every university in this area mm -hmm. trying to recruit people because the difference between China and the U.S. is in the United States, we want something done yesterday. You know, you join the agency, it's right. all right, all right, make something happen. Right. China plays the long game. They'll put somebody in here, age 18, and wait for them to join the FBI, the CIA, Microsoft, Amazon, whomever, and they can wait 20 years. So wouldn't it just be, like, shouldn't the government then, U.S. government, just have a policy if we're not hiring anyone who's Chinese? <laughs> that, that'd go over real well. They should scrutinize them a heck of a lot better. Right. Because I have known a couple of Chinese spies, and they're good also because the joke we use in the U.S. government is if you screw up at the agency, you get promoted, right? Because that's right. the U.S. government. Right. You screw up on other places, you can lose your life. Sure. Um, I'll tell you a – I can tell this crazy true story. Do it. So there's a guy who goes overseas he's with the agency, mm -hmm. and he's got a newborn, and he's under State Department cover. And there's a rogue intelligence officer of this rinky-dink nation whom I can't name – and this rinky-dink nation intelligence officer says, hey, I think that my guy might be CIA. He doesn't know, mm -hmm. but he's like, I hate Americans. I hate the CIA. I want to send a message. So this particular officer had a nanny for his newborn. And this rogue intelligence officer goes to the nanny one day when nobody's around and says, I want you to put this vial in the baby's formula. And the nanny's like, no, no, these people are wonderful. They're nice. And this guy says, no, I think he's an intelligence officer. No, 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 he works for the State Department. He does accounting. He's nobody important. Please don't make me. And this guy says to him, well, I'm going to kill you and your family if you don't pour this vial in the baby's formula. Plus, it's just to send a message. It's not going to hurt the baby. Obviously, the nanny's nervous, so she pours the, the vial in the baby's formula. Baby gets violently ill. Super, super ill. A couple days go by. They take it to the hospital. The hospital can't figure out what's going on. And the hospital says, this baby is going to die in a few days if we don't right. figure out what's going on. Right. Finally, the nanny comes forward and is like, I can't take it anymore. I'm so, so sorry. This intelligence officer of our nation, this guy here, gave me this, told me I had to put it in. They figure out what it was. They get the antidote, right? Baby's fine. Well, there's an unwritten rule in the agency. You don't mess with somebody's wives and kids. If you're with the agency, you're a fair game. However, if you start messing with wives and kids and that country messes with your wives and kids and this country messes with your wives and kids, it's a big mess. So let's just say something very high up in the U.S. intelligence service calls the head of this intelligence service and says, hey, we have a big, big problem. You just poisoned a baby. You just violated the unwritten rule. We're going to rain down hell on you unless you solve this. And the guy says, this was not authorized. I apologize. I apologize. Please don't do anything. Give me a week to take care of this. He says, in a week, there'll be a delivery to the embassy, and I promise you'll see it solved. So a week goes by. Some guy walks up to the embassy in this crap old country. He's got the daily paper. There's a sticky note on it. The front page of the daily paper says John Doe, who was this rogue intelligence officer who was undercover as I think he was, uh, I can't even remember what he was in the government, right? Counted, whatever. John Doe, a government account, was brutally murdered during a carjacking yesterday. And the sticky note says, I just want to make sure you see the paper. So the guy called him up and says, hey, did you get the paper? And he says, yeah, I did. He says, problem's taken care of. Please don't do anything to our country. It's solved. He says, thank you. Good to go. Wow. Well, say that's why other countries are good at what they do. Meaning the Chinese, if they screw up, 
Their families can get horrible things done to them. North Koreans obviously get horrible things do, done to them. So they're very motivated to be good at infiltrating the U.S. Where in the United States, that if that was if the U.S. A rogue, if the agent was a U.S., uh, if the rogue agent was a U.S. agent, that wouldn't happen in the U.S. They would just right. be put you in would, prison. You wouldn't be killed. Yeah, yeah. You, first, depending on what it was, you'd probably never hear about it because nobody right. likes to hear about that stuff. But it was something really serious. Then, yeah, you get referred to the Justice Department. You'd be in jail, yada, yada, yada. But, yeah, you're not going to be murdered. Okay, yeah, because I think, like, especially, like, on my, like, you know, friends group chat and stuff, like, now it's, like, a big thing where, like, anybody who's involved with, you know, in, in the American side of any type of, like, researching something about you know, uh, the COVID crisis or this or that, they're like, Hillary Clinton's people killed them. Right. They just wind up dead. But none of that from, none of that is really true. As far as I know, none right. of that's true. Because I think, I mean, like, you know, the, the, there's, a, there's this thing now that's going around where people, we always knew that like, yes, if you're working for the Russians and you go off, you'll be murdered, your family will be murdered. Correct. It's North Korea, you'll be murdered. But now some people feel like, well, the United States does that stuff too to their own. They just aren't as public about it. And they kind of have this way of sweeping everything under the rug. But, do you, are, but you don't think that. You think the U.S. actually doesn't do that. They just put you in jail. They're not going to kill you and your family. Here's what I'll say. The U.S. government doesn't do it, but there could be private sector people who do it. So Got put it, it this way. Let's say, let's say the agent, like in other countries, the most dangerous spy out there is a Cuban woman. Cuban women are beautiful. They're very motivated because, again, if you screw up in Cuba, bad things are going to happen. So they're the kind of women that will sleep with you and kill you after they get the intelligence they need, right? Right. So you've got to be very, very careful of Cuban women. Now, Also Puerto Rican women. <laughs> for other, but just... just. So, I was, anyways. I have a, uh, I have a Puerto Rican I, family. Just right, have to I almost be very to Puerto Rico a few years ago, you did? actually. Yes. Why didn't you do it? Uh, because my wife did not like it enough. There's Interesting. A, so it was, uh, you know, Puerto Rico. I, I joke that it's a third world country, right? You know, you can't, yeah. there's no highway. You can't get anywhere. Right. It takes you forever to get one island to the other. Yeah. Plus, I always hated when you go get gas, how I can't just use my credit card. I got to go in and stand in line. Right. And pay everyone. I was like, that just annoyed me. Yeah. So we looked at, what was it? Las Palmas del Mar, I think was the place. Okay. And I don't speak Spanish. Yeah, I, my kids do actually, but... Uh, do they? Yeah, they're, so they're in Spanish dual immersion. Okay. So I don't speak any Spanish. My wife doesn't speak Spanish. But the kids do. But the kids do. And they're actually pretty good because they've so been you, taking it. And is that a reason because you're like, I want them to like... What's the reason why you want them to learn the language? Is it spy related? Well, I mean, it certainly helps to be bilingual kind right. of thing. So I can speak enough Spanish to get by. Like I'm Spanish dangerous, but not really good just to <laughs> survive. But I mean, just something to do. I mean, so when you leave the CIA, though, yes. like when you're out, like you're retired, you're out. Yeah, yeah. But are you are you ever really out, or can they call you and be like, "We need you to do something"? So here's the interesting thing. So I was with the agency seven years, and you know, great, wonderful place, right? Single man's game. I had all these great mentors, but I joined the agency when I was 23. Mm -hmm. So a lot of these guys were in their 50s at the time, and they were all divorced. Mm -hmm. Some were alcoholics. They hated their wives and kids. And I did want to get married one day, right? Right. So I've got friends who are still in Africa. And so I didn't want to be that guy. So at the time, you know, after seven years or whatever, I was like, hey, you know, I went to my boss. I had my resignation letter, obviously very nervous. I was going to go start my private security company. But once you've got your top secret security clearance with Lifestyle Poly, you're golden, right? You can right. pretty much write your own ticket for sure. life. But I wanted to go out on my own. I wanted to have a quote unquote real life. So I turned it into my boss and I was at headquarters at the time in Langley and he says, no, 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 Jason, you can't quit. We're in the middle of Project X. You can't go. And so he says, come with me. And I had no idea you know, where he was taking me. But he takes me to this head boss. This head boss has no idea who I am. 
is like, hey, this is Jason Hansen. He's working with us on Project X. He wants to leave the agency. Um, we can't have him go right now because he's an integral part of this. And the guy says, no, 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 no. He says, you know, I understand we want to go. He says, what if you work for us part-time? I was like, part-time? I had no idea you could do that. Like, part-time. He said, give us 24, uh, 24 hours a week. You keep your health benefits. You keep all that kind of stuff. And you can, you know, go start doing some of your own thing, right? I said, okay, I'll do it because I had no money besides the agency. So I did that for a while. And then, of course, they came back. We're like, all right, you ready to go back full-time? You ready? And I was like, no, no, no I'm really leaving this time. Yeah. So I left on good terms, which means I could have easily gone back. However, now I've done so much publicity. Now I've written several books. Now I'm out there enough. I could never go back. So a buddy of mine was going somewhere in Asia that I can't name. He was going to open up, for lack of a better word, a new post. And he was like, Jason, I want you to be my number two man. I want you to set up this whole post. We got to get everything going again so we can run ops out of there. And I said, hey, I'm flattered, but you know that would never happen, right? I've been everywhere. So you know in a million years, the agency would never let me do it. Plus, again, I'm married. I got six kids now. Uh, so yes, now I am completely out, even though I highly recommend that I love it. The agency is a wonderful place. So do you? So as a CIA agent, when you are like going into work every day, you don't, do, is it one of those things where it's like at a moment's notice, they could be like, you need to get to Asia? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they can say, hey, in 60 minutes, you got to be headquarters or hey, depending on where you're at, 30 minutes, you got to be here. So, so, so you're, you're essentially a on call. So wife and kids is not the right, if you're going to be an active CIA agent, if you have a family, that's not good for a family. You're going to have yeah, to- Yeah, most of the guys I knew were divorced. People who did it, your wife and kids just have to understand. Right. You may be gone for months at a time. You may be gone for weeks at a time. You may get a call in midnight that says you have two hours. You always have your go bag ready, right? Right. So if you get your call, you just go to your go bag and it's packed and you-, you So, it, okay, when you like watch the movies, like say like, you know, we see a movie like True Lies with Arnold Schwarzenegger, mm -hmm. like his family didn't even know he was in the- you know, CIA or is that, is, is there a truth to that too? Some guys are so undercover. Yes or no. I mean, your wife would know you can tell your wife, but your kids, you wouldn't want to tell obviously because kids can't keep a secret and all that. Uh, your parents may know you probably wouldn't tell a lot of your brothers and sisters. So your neighbors didn't know you were in the CIA. No, no, not at all. They just yeah. thought, what do you tell them that you're just in? You just pick the world's most boring job. That's what it is. Like, okay, like, hey, I'm in data entry or I'm in marketing, which is of course, very, very general. I'm in businessman. I mean, something, the most important thing in the world is, Whatever your cover is, and this is very important for lying, for everybody who wants to be a liar listening to this, parallel the truth. Okay. Parallel the truth. So if I'm creating my cover, I know how to run a business, right? So I could use, I'm a businessman. I don't know anything about being a pilot, so I'm not going to say I'm a pilot, because if you ask me questions, you are a pilot, you see in 30 seconds that I'm full of BS right. type of thing. So whatever your cover is, as long as you parallel the truth, your neighbors think you're a businessman or your neighbors think you're whatever you actually know about. Have you ever had to, in like regular everyday life, like you're just walking down the street, you have to intervene on something because somebody's getting mugged or you have to like use your skills and then just go back to be like, oh, I can't believe I did that. It's been a lot. I mean, I've, I used to get, when I left the agency, we, you're very, what's the word I should look for? Your ego is still massive, right? You still think you're 10 feet tall. You still think you're invisible. Sure. So now I'm married. I'm a lot calmer. All, hey, you know, buddy, we don't want any trouble, that kind of stuff. But I had no problem fighting back in the day just because the agency trains you very well in self-defense. Well, yeah, well, that's how I found out about you is I, I somehow came out across a YouTube video where I was like, you said something about, I think it was Krav Maga, where you were mm. like, listen, they're doing, they'll stretch this out over years to teach you, but you can really learn how to defend yourself with this in a very short amount of time, but that's not profitable right. as a business right. plan. And I was like, I never heard anyone say that because I always thought that. I always was, was always just like, 
you know, can't you just teach me in like a week how to defend myself? Why do I have to get all these belts? I, sometimes I feel like when I'm an adult getting a belt, I'm like, <laughs> what am I, seven? Why right, do I right. need the belt, dude? Just te- I just want to defend my family. Yeah. So I was like, this guy's finally saying something that was kind of the truth. So how long would it t- take you to teach someone to be able to defend themselves? Two days. I can, if you gave me two days, I could show you. I, I teach a two-day course called Spy Dangerous. Okay. It's a very intense course. I have stitches from it because I just taught one this weekend where somebody headbutted me accidentally. <laughs> and I give you, it's hard, it's intense, but I show you the real stuff. Like here's, if you want to survive on the street, if you're walking out of Walmart with your wife and kids and some young punk tries to attack you, here's what you have to actually do. I feel like that course now more than ever should be, at least in New York City, it feels like the most unsafe it's ever been. Where yes. like people, it used to be one of those things where it's like you hear about somebody getting mugged, you hear about a home invasion or whatever, but it's not really happening to you or anyone close to you. But now, like it actually is happening close to us and around us. So if you're someone who can't defend themselves, should take your course. Yes, I get calls all the time. I had a presidential candidate call me up to hire me for a consulting and training. I get celebrities. I get a lot of high net worth guys. And so in years past, I still get these calls, but not as much. But now it's like ringing off the hook. Yeah, and, two, and, and again, in two days, you can feel just yes. confident that you can disable someone. Because I guess so. It's, not, it's hard, like you said, but what is it? Just certain techniques? Right, it's how to actually stop somebody if they pull a knife on you. How to actually punch somebody if they attack you. Meaning it's not some like ninja kick where you're doing a roundhouse spin or whatever. It's like, here's what actually works. Right. As I always tell people, like, one of the most important things you could do is CIA, crash into attacker. And obviously, there's a lot more around that, but it's like, you got to be the aggressive. As soon as somebody grabs you, as soon as somebody punches you, there's a way to go into them where you have to go nutso, striking them in a certain way. Right. Because you see too many stories where somebody gets attacked and they just kind of, like, cover up in a ball or they just move, and they don't do anything, and they just get pummeled to death. And it's like, you have to immediately go on the offensive. You have to immediately become aggressive. Right. And so I teach people like the mindset and kind of how to flip that switch because it's not natural to most people. Right. Now, do you feel like because of all the stuff that you know that do you ever feel like, man, I could get taken out by somebody? Do you ever watch your back or you feel like you're fine? No, I mean, I watch my back. Right. Uh, I get a couple of death threats a year from absolute nut jobs. I have people say they wanted to kidnap me. Uh, why? We do, we, well, I do a lot of work with domestic violence victims. Okay. So one of the things we do is help people disappear, right? And so we'll get a woman who says, hey, my husband's beating me. I've tried everything. I need to know how to basically vanish. And so we help these women. And then somehow their ex-husband finds out that we're behind it. And obviously they're not happy because we helped his wife get away from this wife beater type of thing. Right. And then, of course, because you work for the agency... Like, I got some crazy death threat uh, voicemail the other day about, hey, in the 1970s, the agency promised me $50,000, and I know you're CIA. You probably have my $50,000. I'm going to kill you if you don't give me my money. Just like total whack jobs. Sure. Which is why my house is not owned in my own name. It's in an LLC wrapped in a trust. You can't find it. Right. Like, all my stuff is very well protected. Uh, I've never had any mail come to my home. It's all in P.O. boxes, UPS store boxes, mailboxes, et cetera. So a buddy of mine, he's FBI. Do you think everybody should be doing that? Or you're just saying specifically <clears throat> well, for Well, I mean, you? people who have threats. Like right. you, I would do it if I were you. Yeah. So people- well, I know. I didn't do it. And now I get, we get people <laughs> mailing stuff to the house all the time. I'm like, idiot. And somebody may be waiting out there with a hood. I'm going to tell you how the CIA kidnaps people in a minute. Yes. But anyway, with a hood to take you one day. 
Okay. So that's why I do that is just because there's too many whack jobs out there. And like I said, I got a wife and six kids. I don't want a boogeyman coming to my home one night. But you don't, but you sleep easy. See, that's the thing with you. Like I have, you know, cause I don't really at times know how to defend, defend myself. I appear like, you know, I take like cardio kickboxing classes, <laughs> you know, like I don't know what I'm doing. And at times I'm like, you know, I have all the security systems. I get so worried. It's like, it's really because I don't know how to defend myself where somebody like you, you really don't worry as much unless someone is like a trained assassin. But if like somebody's trying to rob you and your family out at Walmart, you're going to beat the shit out of them. And disable right, but them it doesn't immediately. mean I'm still not prepared. I mean, for home defense, I've still got an alarm sign. I've still got an alarm. I've still got cameras all around my house. I got motion sensor lights. Right. I have two handguns in rapid access safes on my nightstand. My wife has a handgun in a rapid access safe on her nightstand. Yeah, you're not getting it. So, so you can't even have a handgun in New York. I can't I even get. You can have one in your house. You no. just couldn't walk on the street. With no, it. it's like impossible to okay. get. They want you to. They want you to be killed in the city. Yes, that's what they want. But, but so <laughs> I have actually, I'm trying to think here. Thanks to Blasio. And I think they're in New Jersey, but I got clients in Jersey and they, since they can't have guns, they use like a giant machete on their nightstand. So okay. it's better than nothing. I should get, okay, that'd be good. Yeah, my, that'd be sick to have my eight-year-old with just a machete <laughs> killing people. So, okay, so let me ask you this. So I want to get the, to the kidnapping thing with the hoods because that, that sounds cool. But one question I have in my head is what movie or TV show about the CIA do you think is like the most accurate to what it's like in real life? Because sometimes it feels sensational. Like a James Bond thing seems like this is very far-fetched. Correct. But is there anything that you've seen where you're like, this is actually very accurate? Like I heard a World War II veteran talk once about how Saving Private Ryan, that opening scene in D-Day, is as accurate as can be. That was actually what mm -hmm. it felt like where a lot of other stuff is BS. So is there a movie or a show that you were like, so, hmm. Yeah, yeah, most of it is super far-fetched. Because right. what I tell people is, if you're shooting guns and jumping out of airplanes and driving 90 miles an hour through Paris, something has gone seriously wrong. Right. You're supposed to blend in. So there's a show called Quantico. Have you ever seen it? No. So it was, it's an FBI show, but in, I think I saw a few seasons of it. In season two, yeah. they go to the farm, and clearly somebody from the agency did the consulting. Because they were using the right term, like surveillance detection routes. They were t and that's basically how not to be followed when you're going to a right. meeting type of stuff. So that type of stuff was, in Quantico, they did a good job. It made sense. It was realistic and all that. But yeah, pretty much everything else is nonsense, because the vast majority of the time, it's not exciting. It's blending in. It's... Right. And, yeah, and just making sure you're not being followed from point A to point B. Like if you were if the CIA, like if there's a mission to like have to like kill somebody, it's just like they're just gonna drop dead in the middle of a crowd, you would never know who did it. Well, the agency, of course, does not assassinate people. Because, oh, that's right, true. I forgot. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. I was it Truman who outlawed that. But yeah, I mean, if you're if you're gonna do it, I mean poison is great. You're gonna go, yeah, you're gonna go, let's say you're going to your car tonight, right? Mm -hmm. I'm gonna put poison on your door handle. Because I don't want you and I to be connected to the same time in the same place. Right. So I can do that in the morning. Whenever you go to your car at noon and you touch the door handle to open it up, you touch the poison, it's in you, and you're dead. Hello, Fresh, America's number one meal kit. That's right. With Hello, Fresh, you're going to get farm fresh, pre portioned ingredients, and seasoned recipes delivered right to your doorstep. Skip trips to the grocery store and count on HelloFresh to make home cooking easy, fun, and affordable. That's why it's America's number one meal kit. I use it. My family uses it. We get it every week to the doorstep. We love it. The kids cook. I cook. Jazz cooks. And then I try to make her clean. But then she's like, you have to clean. This is a woman's world. When life gets busy, don't call for delivery. Get HelloFresh. It's 25% cheaper. Vente Cinco! Cheaper than takeout, less expensive than grocery shopping too. Just choose your recipes and receive fresh pre-portioned ingredients. You can get cooking quick. 
All right, HelloFresh, right now, we're going to give them a great discount, baby. We are going to give them a great discount for listening to the Chrissy Chaos Podcast. All you got to do is go to HelloFresh.com slash 50Chrissy and use the code 50Chrissy. That's 5-O-C-H-R-I-S-S-Y for 50% off plus free shipping. HelloFresh.com slash 50Chrissy. HelloFresh, America is number one meal kit. It's sometimes like it's an egotistical thing to think like everybody wants to kill me. It's like... No, if somebody actually wanted to kill you, a trained professional, they could do it like that. Like it would, you right, would just foreign be, governments. Yes. Yeah. If a foreign government is after you, you're screwed. They will kill you. They will, they will find you and kill you. Luckily for you and me, it's going to be the nut jobs we have to worry about. It's that, going to be the wackos that have no real training and no real skills. Right. So, okay, so the CIA, when they say when they want to kidnap someone, they like kidnap you with, like, for training or like just someone that they need, they put a hood on them. So, okay, uh, I'm just trying to think what I can tell you. Okay, so there was this uh, drug lord, South America, somewhere, Mm -hmm. right? Colombia. There you go. Yeah, we we can use Colombia. That will work because I'm neither confirming nor denying it was Colombia. So (laughs) this bad drug lord, he kind of, remember the movie Face Off with Nicolas Cage years ago? Of course. Yeah, yeah. So this drug lord paid somebody 10 million bucks to assume their identity, get their passports and everything, and basically did a face off type of thing, right? And this guy paid $10 million to, he said, now you have to leave. Uh, South America, the United States, you have to go somewhere far, far away, but you got your $10 million, you're going to live on this little island, you're going to be happy as a clam. So the agency wanted to make this drug lord disappear. Now, unlike Hollywood, you're taking someone's freedom. You can't just go up there and immediately snatch them. You have to get DNA evidence by getting fingerprints. So there's months and months and months of surveillance, making friends with people, making friends, you know, hey, can I have that glass you just drank from? Can I go into the barber and have a double-sided tape and step it on his hair so you can confirm the DNA, right? Right. And there's a just very in-depth. So the day comes that you say, okay, this we've confirmed 100%. This is John Doe drug lord. We are now allowed to snatch him. Well, the agency never wanted to draw any attention to itself. So this particular drug lord, he, he owned the town where he was at, which most drug lords do, right? They give money to these people. They love them. They're untouchable. All the pro, uh, police are on the payroll. And he had a vehicle here with two bodyguards. He liked to drive himself in his fancy car. And then he had a vehicle in the back. So it was a three-car motorcade. But he was very predictable because he owned the town. He had everybody on the payroll. And he had this fancy nightclub right on the corner of a major intersection. Right. And so after running weeks and weeks of surveillance, we knew that about 6 o'clock every single evening, he went to this, uh, this nightclub of his, prostitutes, drugs, the, the typical stuff. So how do you snatch this guy without firing a single round, right? Because the bodyguards here, they got many guns. He's got a gun, and the guys behind him have many guns. Well, here's how you do it. Is in front of a major intersection, You've got an agency guy here, and you got an agency guy here. In a car or on foot? In cars. Okay. Right? Two big cars at the intersection. You know the exact moment he's going to pull up there because you got multiple people watching who can radio in on the comms and say, okay, he's pulling up now. Well, the second this guy pulls up and gets out of his car, agency guys, boom, massive car crash. So the drug lord who just stepped out of his car looking at the car crash, all the bodyguards are sitting there looking at the car crash. Whole team of agency guys jump up behind, take out the guards without firing a single round, put a hood over the drug lord's head, take him to a private airfield. What does that mean, take out the guards? Like, just that means beat the crap out of him. Right, I mean, like, you're, you're, not, you're not shooting him or anything, but you're stunning him in various ways. Right. So they're not a threat. You're Maybe knocking him unconscious or something. Right, exactly. Knocking yeah. him unconscious. Correct. And so, they, uh, so you put the hood over this yeah. drug lord's face. You take him to the private airfield. He's flown far, far away into another country where he will most likely never be seen again. Right. So the whole point is, the way you kidnap somebody is a distraction. That whole car, the fake car crash was a distraction. 
Got it. So next time somebody tries to distract you, you better look around and make sure nobody's coming up with a hood to try right. and grab you. Any car accident could be a, a, dis- a CIA sting. Exactly, to kidnap you. What about the training? Like mm-hmm. when we see, tra- like we watch a movie like The Kingsman or whatever, it's always like they're like, you know, running through lasers, men in black. <laughs> they're like doing all these shooting techniques. Like is the training, like what is, how do you train for it? So, I mean, the training's great. You obviously get evasive driving training. You get self-defense training. You get shooting training. And then a lot of training happens, I'm not going to tell you the exact place, but on American streets. So right out here in New York City, they may be training going on where guys are learning how to run surveillance detection routes. How do I pick up somebody's following me? Uh, there was a movie called Spy Games with Robert Redford and Brad Pitt back oh, in yeah. the day. Yeah, that and I saw, yeah. Robert Redford says something to him like, you have five minutes to be up there and to be on that balcony. Training like that. Right. Because the agency guys, uh, there's a friend of mine who has a great quote, and he says... Uh, agency guys are the best salesmen in the world. The only difference is you sell vacuums, we sell treason. So you've got to be very, very comfortable at conversing with people and talking to them kind of thing because you have to get to know people and say, okay, is this the guy that has the information I need or do I need to go on to somebody else? So when you're doing like an operation, like that's going to take, like say with this, with this drug lord, most of, the, most of your day, other than the big moments like that, I don't want to say it's boring, but it's just watching someone and nothing could be happening for days and days and days where you just spent 12 hours just literally looking at nothing. I've been there. I've, been, I've done plenty of 12-hour surveillance. It is boring as can be, but it is very important because then you get to know everything about the city. You're casing the area. Right. So, you know, okay, where's the one-way streets? Where's the traffic jams? At 5 o'clock, is this street open? Because what if you have to get out of there, too? Where are the security cameras? And uh, I'm, I'm sure huge operations have been busted because human error, like some CIA agent just fell asleep. Maybe. Right? Well, or some guy, some guy was just having an affair because he met some hot Colombian lady. And then, you know, things like that happen. Yeah, luckily, the agency guys are very squared away. No, I, I know. Mean, I mean, they're, yeah. they're great to work with. Right. So they are, the stakes are so high that you're not really working with knuckleheads. Yeah. Even though I didn't know a few knuckleheads. But anyway, the vat, 99% of them. So you don't have to worry about that type of stuff. But yeah, everybody's on their A game. Everybody's yeah. very professional. Nobody's ever late, which is why I love agency guys. I hate when people are late. Right. So Well, I, I feel like, you know, because I'm one of like the rare comedians or people in entertainment that will publicly be like, I love the United States. Mm-hmm. And I just love the United States because I'm just born here and I have to pay taxes here. And I just, that's why I love this country. But I feel like, you know, now more than ever, it's like, because I'm all about America, you can we can all have differences of opinion. I think that's what makes us great. But now sure. it feels like the biggest threats will come from inside now. Or was it always like that, and it's just more public now? Well, I mean, you always have to worry about domestic threats, but now it's worse than ever. Now, right. I mean, communism spreading across this country is what we've got to worry about. Because yeah. socialism always leads to communism. Yeah. So if you would have told people 20, 30 years ago, like, hey, we're going to have socialist Democrats, and they're going to be proud of this, and they're going to say it. And I always like to say is like all these people who think socialism is great, communist, go live in another country. Yeah. Go run your mouth off and see how quickly you're in prison for bad mouthing the president, whoever the president is at the time. Right. Or, you know, saying it's like I, you know, one of the reasons I joined the agency is I'm very patriotic. I love this country. I'm born and raised here. I know how blessed I am. And so I agree with you that we have freedom of speech. We have all this kind yeah. of stuff. But if you think communism is a good idea, go to North Korea, go live in China, go live in Russia and see how that works out for you. See how your freedoms when you're not allowed to do certain things, where they can choose where you live, where they can choose when you leave your house, when they can choose what religion you are, yeah. all that kind of stuff. I mean, here, I, when I was coming to New York, I had an Egyptian cab driver, funny story. We, I was talking about like, you know, why did you come here? Oh, I love the freedoms. We can't say anything politically. And I said, what don't you like about America? 
And he says, well, here I can't hit my wife. I'm like, yeah, that's what he said. I just said. And he says, like, well, in Egypt, I can hit my wife when she doesn't respect me and everything. And American women don't respect him. And, of course, my thought was, like, buddy, let's get out of this car and I'll show you. You know, if you want to hit somebody, you can hit me. Yeah, yeah. Uh, kind of thing. But it's like. Yeah. So that. But otherwise, he's like. I'll be yeah, your wife. Yeah. 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 Pretend I'm your wife for a second. But, yeah. You want to do that? Like, you know, it was like political persecution there. I couldn't say what I wanted to. I have no freedoms there. That's why I came here. Okay. So. So. I think, too, another big thing that people, I'm sure, want to know, and people probably have asked you to death about now because of the recent news over the last couple of weeks about aliens and the government finally in somewhat admitting extraterrestrials. The, the person who, you know, who came and speak to my high school in the, two, I think it was mm -hmm. 99, 2000, who you've just, you know, who you very quickly said <laughs> just doesn't know shit. Um, but he did say back then, he was like, I am not going to tell you kids a single thing about aliens because... I obviously can't. He goes, and to be honest with you, I really don't know anything intricate about it, but I do know that there's a very good chance they exist. Now, what do you, do you think he just said that to us because we're kids and that's what we want to hear? Or do you, do you think that there's truth to that too? So the agency is very compartmentalized. Mm -hmm. Okay. So back in the day, there was a guy named Aldrich Ames, CIA guy. I want to say it was seventies or early eighties. Okay. He was a, he betrayed the U S was a Russian spy. got Piece a lot of, of shit. Yeah, exactly. I think anybody that betrays U.S. ought to be hung. But Exactly. Uh, talking to you, U.S. women's soccer team. <laughs> <laughs> so anyways, this guy got a lot of people killed, a lot right. of agency assets. Right. And then because he would walk wherever. Now, if you're walking in someone's office and you're not supposed to be there, it's like, why the heck is Jason in this office? So very compartmentalized. Right. So I don't know anything about aliens, meaning I don't know. I don't think they exist personally. I know everybody else does, but that's me. But I know the agency is always looking into this type of stuff. Okay. The agency is always looking at the most crazy, absurd, or absurd things. Just uh, there's a, I'm trying, I'm having a blank with their name. Is it the red team or whatever? Huh? Are you having a stroke? No, I'm not having okay. a stroke. I'm, you, I don't think I want you to say me if I did. But anyways. Okay. Um, but they, they just look at these absurd, this absurd stuff. Okay. And so there's people who look into that and all that kind of stuff. And I know we have these new reports coming out and all that, but yeah, I don't have any personal knowledge of aliens. Okay, is there anything, though, and maybe you can't tell us, maybe you can, is there anything that, like, you know, as, like, from your time in the CIA, that, like, keeps you up at night? Because it's something that the American public doesn't know, but, like, the fact that you know it, you're like, man, this is tough, that I, I wish I didn't know that. So I think the American public knows this now, but the grid going down. Meaning, let's say you hear a story about some municipality in Florida gets hacked by some overseas government, their electrical grid, right? Right. And you hear, oh, their grid went down for 24 hours or whatever. Countries are doing all that all the time because it's probing. They're going to hack all these little municipalities to see how we repair it because they're watching how we repair it for the big one. So I can tell you that foreign governments, especially Iran, they are trying to bring our entire grid down, multiple states, and that is a serious threat. I can also tell you there are CIA operations where the grid has come very, very close to going down, if not for amazing work from the men and women of the agency. Mm -hmm. So that is a major, major threat, is countries want to send this country back to the, the Stone Age, right. and our electrical grid is so old, it's, you know, it just hasn't been updated. So that is a major threat that I know they're always trying to probe and take down. So this idea that like, you know, the, you know, uh, you know, a regular American would think like they're scared of like a nuclear bomb being dropped in the United States. That's very unlikely to happen. What would cripple us is this grid stuff. Correct. Yeah, I mean, nukes you have to be worried about because Russia is always posturing and it would be a, everybody obviously die because it wouldn't be good of all of us launching nukes. But yes, the grid going down, a blackout is something much, much more likely, much, much more serious right now. 
which is why I've got solar generators, propane generators, gas generators, plenty of solar panels. I can live with virtually nothing. I got my chickens, my turkeys. So, so if the grid goes down, I'm coming right to your house. Yeah, I got two years worth of food storage. I got right. hundreds of gallons stored worth of water. Yeah, I know. I, I, did, I went through a phase where I got really nervous, too, and I got like... I got like gas masks. I got like iodine tablets. And then mm-hmm. I got a 30 day supply of powdered fettuccine Alfredo. There, hey, better than nothing, right? right? Most people have absolutely zilch. Right. So, so, and now that's the other thing too. With this, with any major event like mm-hmm. that, it's just going to happen. Like, not, there's no preparation. The news is not going to be like, hey, warning. It's just, it's over. It's just, right. the grid's out. I mean, COVID was the perfect example, right? right? So I live in a small town in Utah, a very conservative town. We all own guns. It's a great place. But still, right oh, yeah. after COVID happened, Everybody rushed to Walmart. I went to Walmart right after that just for the fun of it to videotape. And, of course, like all the bread was gone, all the cheese was gone, all the hot dog. I mean, everything, even in small conservative USA, people went panic buying and everything was gone from the shelves. Now, of course, since I got two years worth of food storage, I didn't need to buy anything. So I hope it never happens, but I got my peace of mind and I don't have to right. worry. How far do you live from Salt Lake City? I live three and a half hours from Salt Lake City. I'll be there in December. I, I'm actually closer to Vegas than I am Salt Lake. Really? I'll yeah. be in Vegas in September in Salt Lake I'll City in come December. Come through. You can bring all your wives and children. <laughs> right? Are you a Mormon? I am. But, but you I, don't have multiple wives. No, because that's that, that was like outlawed in the 1800s. That's one of those myths. And it's like anybody want really want multiple wives? Come on now. Like dealing with one. Yeah, I don't want that. <laughs> but the, the only guys who say yes are the guys who want to be my like my Egyptian cab driver where it's not a real wife. It's right. basically a servant. Right. But I'm talking about like a normal American wife. Right. Would you want multiple of those? No, I guess not. So. No. Yeah. Do you? Okay. Here's the other thing, too. So I don't know, again, because you have no knowledge of aliens, but all this conspiracy stuff happening like now when they say the, you know, the, the government killed JFK, there's pyramids in Antarctica. Like, do you now, because it just feels like a conspiracy theorist 15 years ago would be like, shut, dude, none of that's true. You're mm-hmm. nuts. Where now, again, it might just be the internet where now it's like most people are like, yeah, I believe in these conspiracies. But sometimes in my head, I'm like, yeah, but is all that like maybe like let's take Russia or China? Is all that the enemy's like disinformation campaign that makes us all angry? Or like, you know, I had heard that like even some of like the big like Black Lives Matter stuff like some of the big accounts were just Russian bots mm-hmm. causing civil unrest, you know, like caught making Americans like fight with each other. A lot of the stuff, not all black lives matter. I'm talking about like one account was like causing a lot mm-hmm. of drama. Do you believe in that stuff? Or do you think these conspiracies are a lot of them are true? So most of them are disinformation from China, Russia, but also from our own government. Oh, wow. So a lot of times I get asked about the deep state, right? The mm-hmm. deep state is this mysterious thing. And right. I'll tell you what the deep state is. I know what the deep state is. I've seen the deep state. The deep state is not President Biden, even though I'm no fan of President Biden. Um, the deep state is not the president because the president is gone every four to eight years, right? right? The deep state is the middle manager in a government agency. So the deep state is the person who gets in, who is basically untouchable because it's hard to get fired in the U.S. government, who's going to do the next 30 years. So they're the ones you have to worry about is these middle managers at the CIA, at the FBI or whatever, causing big problems who want to turn to socialism, who want to turn to, you know, whatever horrific thing that's going to bring the United States down. So these career or these politicians, again, they flip most of them quickly enough. Is this these guys who get their top secret security clearance, who right. get through their anti-American kind of thing. And that is what the deep state is because they're just in there for 30 years trying to change things. This, some of them create these conspiracies and they're laughing at the American public like, hey, I'm corrupting very slowly. It's a long game for them. And they're worried about, you know, aliens in Antarctica or pyramids or whatever it is. Right. 
And so it's to distract them from focusing on what's really going on in America. Yeah, because there's a lot of like a big video that went around where like that, you know what I'm talking about? Like that Russian guy from like the 80s. And it was like went all like viral where he was talking about how like Russia did this like uh, like the plan started 30 years ago and it's mm-hmm. like finally reaching its head where it's like to divide us all from within so they never they can take over the United States America's enemies can take without ever firing a shot like you just kill your you, you correct know. And, and, that, and that's, that's, that's what they're doing now with socialism and communism as not, and again I de- to say I detest communism is putting it lightly it is the most horrible evil dishonest thing like the only people who believe in communism socialism are pure evil or they're just idiots. Right. I'll tell you a true story about socialism. So a friend of mine, he's over in a foreign country running an op, and it was a very socialist, horrible country. And he was working with one of the head guys up in the government, and they became friends. And finally, one day he said to him, he said, listen, we're friends. I want to ask you a question. How in the world can you be, believe in socialism, right? And he said, well, socialism is great if you're at the very top, and I'm at the very top, so it works for me, which is 100% right. true. Right. If you're Vladimir Putin, you're fine. Because right. you're the king of the castle. Right. But for everybody else who's waiting in bread lines, and it's horrible. But yeah, there is the plan in now that, hey, in 20, 30 years, we want to be very socialist and communist. Right. And it's disgusting, dishonest, and evil. Well, yeah, because even like with the Russia-Ukraine stuff, you have a lot of people, a lot of Americans being like, why are we giving so much money to Ukraine? What? And then it's like all this stuff. And then you hear that, but then you'll hear like, well, it's to protect us from Russia. But then you'll hear like other conspiracy theories where like, well, actually Russia are the good guys in this. And the U.S. government wants you to think they're not because they want to get Ukraine and NATO and all these things. And you're like, I don't even know what to believe anymore. Like you, because of the internet, yep. you start to feel like we don't trust the media. We don't trust the internet. We don't trust each other. Like even me who I'm like you, I love this country. And I'm like, don't, it starts to even creep in in my head sometimes. I'm like, I truly don't even know what's real. Like, I, I, mean, I could be dead right now. I don't even know. <laughs> With Ukraine, we obviously want to help keep them free. We right. don't want communism taken over. But it's a very sticky situation. And the reason it's a sticky situation is people are always wondering, like, why don't we give them a million fighter jets? Why don't we give them a million tanks? Why don't we give them all this and this, right? Well, we, we got to it's, – it's a dangerous song and dance. Because if we give them too much stuff and they lose, well, now we've got a million fighter jets that the Russians now on. Well, now we've got a million tanks. So it's almost like you give them enough just to keep going. But if you give them everything, you're, you may be afraid they lose some of our important equipment. Do you think there's so, a possibility, like a strong possibility, that Russia will drop a nuke on Ukraine? Because the media I, making it seem like Putin's getting desperate. Right, right. I mean, Putin is getting desperate. He's a madman. Uh, I don't think so, because they know what every other country in the U.S. is going to do. But that's not going to stop them from obviously threatening it, just like North Korea threatens stuff all the time. And Ukraine just has to keep going. I mean, it's going to be a war of attrition. They got to just not lose the stamina, the momentum, because it's not going to end anytime soon. And we're going to give them enough just to keep going. But we still got to worry about them losing and them, the uh, Russians taking all this important technology we have. So you think you don't think that anyone's going to drop a, a nuclear bomb? No, I don't. Soon? No, the third I mean, one. Is I think not you should happen. be prepared for it. I think it'd happen. But as of right now, I'd say it's very unlikely. Well, I got Fettuccine Alfredo for a month. And your iodine tablets. Dude, that's the big one. And I got a baby gas mask for my little one. <laughs> Sick. Um, <laughs> I, I, so, yeah, because, you know, it is, it is one of those things where I always think about, like, not like when I was a physical therapist. Here goes, I'm going to compare myself to the CIA. When I, when I was a physical therapist, you know, I didn't have as much anxiety about health scares until I became a physical therapist. Because then mm-hmm. when I would be working with, 
you know, some 25 year old at that, you know, around my age at that time who just like had a stroke or had some rare, you know, amoeba eating, you know, some uh, brain eating disease caused right. by something. And I'm like, man, there's so many things out there that can kill you. There's so, and like, you don't even realize it because it's not talked about every day. So I just thought with the CIA, there was maybe stuff that you knew that's like, dude, I can't. And it's that grid thing is fascinating because it's almost like the things that the movies like. I noticed like Hollywood won't make a movie about the grid going out, but mm -hmm. they'll make a movie about like, you know, an alien dropping a nuke on you from outer space because the, the grid thing going out might, if that was like worldwide information or like people really knew that, I think they panic all the time when their lights went out in their house. So Ted Koppel, what was your report for NBC News or NBC News? No, the reporter, Ted Koppel, right? I he, only watch Al Jazeera. He, so he wrote know. a great book several years ago, and I can't remember what it's called, Lights Out or okay. something or whatever, but very good book, showed all the research, very done from a reporter's perspective. Right. And a lot of people, I remember like the, the mainstream media was like, no, we're not going to tell we're not going to tell I mean, I read the book and it was great. Yeah. So yeah, they don't want to... Yeah. They want to hide the truth. I mean, when I first joined the agency, something would be shown on TV, and then I know the truth, and I'd be like, oh my gosh, I can't believe that the yeah. American, you know? And of course, fake news wasn't a term back then. Right. But, but it used to happen all the time where there'd be some kind of threat, and I would, you know, just tell my family, like, hey, don't go to the Washington, D.C. area today. I can't tell you why, but you don't want to be there from, you know, September 26th to September 27th. Right. And all these threats. And the news would not have anything about it. The news would say the opposite. And of course, now we know that the news is obviously dishonest often. Well, so that's so that's that's interesting. Then there there were times in your seven years with the agency where you knew that something like monumental was about to happen, but your agency stopped it like just in time. When Correct. the movies make that happening down to the last second, that actually happens in real life. Yeah, maybe not down to the you know the last second, but it comes very dangerously close. Right. So it comes to where, hey, there's going to be a blackout in 30 days. We know what's happening unless we get this certain set of intelligence to shut it down type of thing. Right. So we've got 30 days to make things happen, which is a tight window to not have seven states completely go dark. Now, what about like people who are lying? Are you just do you just look at people that know they're lying like every day of your life? You're like, this person's lying. Even if it has nothing to do with you, you're just like on the subway. You're like, this guy's lying to his friend. Sure. I mean, it's, it's easy. There's there's multiple ways. I teach people how to become a human lie detector. Okay, right? what what are they? What are some like quick well, I mean, ways? It's it's nothing sexier ninja. It's not like which way is the eye going up because that one doesn't always tell. Right. It's I'll I'll give you a simple easy one. So pay attention to the first three to five seconds, and you have to baseline somebody first, which means get to know them, get comfortable with them. Mm -hmm. After that, you ask them a question out of left field and pay attention to the first three to five seconds of the response. Because as human beings, we're terrible liars, right? Mm -hmm. Naturally, if I ask you a question and you're honest, you're going to email or answer me immediately. But if you're lying, your brain, you're trying to buy time. You may stutter. You may, well, I guess we can see if this works with you. Uh, tell me last time you stole something. Um, I, 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 honestly, is it, not since I was a kid, I don't think I've stolen anything. You're serious, like lately you haven't been in the supermarket and you didn't steal stickers. That, no, I, I've never stolen anything from the supermarket or or I I haven't stolen anything till I always try to live this principle for the last like maybe five years. Stoicism, just always do what's right, even if no one's watching. Just do what's right. When's the last time you did drugs? Drugs? Yeah. Uh, yesterday, I might well, do. do I, I call marijuana drugs. So oh, ma marijuana! Yeah, yeah. I've did marijuana for the first time in years last week, and then I microdosed a mushroom yesterday, but that's. But it was like a little microdose, right. like you could buy it in a store. So like actual real drugs, I've never done like cocaine. You've never or done cocaine I've or never heroin. done cocaine or snorted anything. Okay. So as I'm doing this, first, I'm watching your expression. Do you right. get nervous in the face? Do you not have a normal reaction? Second of all, 
we're very good at lying with our mouth, but we don't control our heads well. Mm -hmm. So I'm watching when you say, no, Jason, I've never done drugs, hard drugs. Is your head nodding this way? Because, again, people can lie, but the head never lies. Mm -hmm. So perfect example is Hillary Clinton was being interviewed when she ran for president several years ago by Diane Sawyer. And there's a part of this interview where she says, hey, you and Bill have a wonderful marriage, don't you? And she goes, oh, yes, it's a wonderful marriage. And you see her head slightly turning no. Right. You always believe the head. Right. So as I'm asking you about, hey, when's the last time you did drugs or hey, when's the last time you stole something? I'm making sure your head is matching up. You don't have any nervous deer in the headlights mm -hmm. look and all that kind of stuff. Do you believe me? Yeah, I believe you. Oh, wow. So, yeah, it's true. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I believe you. You're telling the truth. Yeah. So it's, it's, it's things like that where the head nod. Does the head match up? Right. Did they get a deer in the headlights look? Uh, when you really try and get to know somebody, everybody has a tell long term. So with the agency, you'll be videotaped because everybody thinks, no, I could go through customs airport in another country, which sucks, by the way, when you're getting grilled and you think you're be about to be put in secondary. Right. But you what your whatever your tells, let's say it's grabbing the back of your neck. Right. Mm -hmm. Is let's say you're leaving Washington, Dulles Airport, D.C. area where yeah. most people fly out of. And you're going overseas. As soon as you leave your house, you would assume you're under surveillance. And you may do your tell every few minutes, right? Not like crazy person like that. But that way, if somebody's watching you, when you get off the airport or the airplane in Timbuktu, you're still doing this. So if you get into customs and they are grilling the crap out of you and you're getting nervous, you're just doing this. And they're like, oh, that's a normal thing he always does. They don't think it's a sign of deception. Right. So another thing is you always want to have some kind of throwaway item. Go here on the streets in New York, buy a Rolex. That way, when you do, or if you do get put in secondary, a lot of times, it's just a shakedown. Meaning, you'll see in this, these other countries, you'll see somebody staring at your Rolex watch over and over again. And you're like, oh, you know, I really want to make my plane. And you see him, and it's like, listen, you know, somebody gave me this watch as a gift. I don't really like it. You know, you're welcome to have it. And the guy will say, yes, I want it. You make your plane. And, you know, it's a simple way to bribe wow. when you're overseas in some crap hole. I like so that. So get a fake, fake Rolex. Fake Rolex. Yeah, this is fake. You guys got any questions? You were about to tell us why Cuban women are the most dangerous. Oh, we were just, just because um, they're beautiful, they're deadly, and people, like, they let their guard, guard down during beautiful women. And because Cuba is like many other places where if you, as you screw up as a Cuban woman, they'll kill you, they'll kill your family type of thing. So that's why they're so dangerous is they're very highly motivated. They're beautiful. They're trained by the Russians. So they're super skilled. And again, when some uh, Cuban supermodel walks into an elevator, you just let your guard down. You're like, oh, I mean, I, I was overseas once in Europe and I was with a new guy and you get to a place and some gorgeous women walk up to us and start hitting on us. Right. OK. And they're talking to us. Welcome to my that. life. Right. Exactly. Like it happens to you every day. It doesn't happen to me every day. So one of the new guys there was like, I, I think she really likes me. She wants me to go back to her place. I said, I really think she doesn't like you. If you go back to the place, one of two things are going to happen. On the best day, you're going to get an STD. On the worst day, she knows who you are. You're going to get a hood over your place. Right. So a lot of times overseas, American men are, of course, stupid. And intelligence agencies know this, why they'll send a beautiful uh, Cuban woman right. to hit on you and whatever. And I've had a beautiful Cuban woman hit on me. Well, they I didn't fall for it or anything. And I was, you know, before I could tell she was going to do something or try and recruit me, I was like, see you later. See, the, the, the thing I saw I, um, in an article, I, it was like last year where I think a Chinese woman did it and, and turned a couple of, uh, was like, she was like honey potting. And she was right, like, right, exactly. Yeah. She was just beautiful. But see, for me, that wouldn't work unless you have a cock. <laughs> I would want, yeah, I'm not going to work. I'm not going to get honey potted. <laughs> I'd be like, where's your dick, sweetie? Well, now we know. Now you just told everybody how to get you. So Right. Well, that's the thing is there's going to, there'll be transgender honey pots. 
I am glad I'm married and I'm not dating right now. I can tell you that much. That's an, we should make that merch, transgender honeypot. <laughs> um. I also wanted to know, like, I, you always hear about spies in this country, but like, I don't like what does a, what is a spy looking for? Because when I hear spy, I think like 50, 60 years ago, but mm -hmm. like now we have social media and everything, so it doesn't seem as necessary. What is a spy looking for right now? Same thing that we're looking for. They want access to intelligence. They want to recruit somebody who works for the CIA. They want to recruit somebody who works for the FBI. Let me tell you a hilarious North Korean spy story. Yes. Okay. So there's a North Korean spy in the United States. And of course, there's many of them. And he's trying to recruit somebody who is in one of the big tech companies, Google, Facebook, Amazon, one of those things. Right. right. And I can't tell you exactly which one, but he finds this single woman who works for one of the big tech companies and makes her fall in love with them, recruits, you know, the recruiting process, spotting, assessing, developing, and recruiting is the whole process. And recruit, basically gets this woman that hasn't recruited her yet to fall in love with him. And in the very first part, all you do is ask for something to see if you can take him down the slippery slope. Meaning, in this woman's office, he said, hey, can you get me the phone number of John Doe who works in your office? I just need this phone number. You don't care about the phone number at all. You just want to see if she'll do it. Because if she does it, you know, you can just start taking her down that slippery slope. Mm -hmm. So he does this to the woman. She's madly in love with him. She's a single woman. Finally, she does, he does recruit her. And says, hey, really, I work for North Korea. And she's so madly in love. She's a, for lack of a little better word, or a better word, a loser single woman who thinks she can't get anybody else. Yep. And so she's betraying the United States. Right. Well, the FBI finds out about this. And sometimes the FBI and CIA have to work together. And I can't go into more deals on that. But the FBI finds about this. And one day when she's out and about, she gets pulled over. She gets taken somewhere and says, hey, we know you're working with the North Koreans. And you have two choices. One, you're a double agent. You work for us because we want to know the tasking, the requirements. We want to know how North Korean intelligence runs people in this country. Or two, you spend the next 30 years in prison. What would you like to do? And so this woman said, oh, yeah, I'll be a double agent. And yeah. she was, yeah, exactly. And so she was able to say, this is how they recruited me. This is the tasking. Because you want to see what is North Korea looking for? Right. What technology they're going after? Now, here's the funniest part of all. So as they are with this woman and giving her her two choices, they say, we also want to know what did they pay you? Because Americans, when they betray the country, it's usually for money. If another country, oftentimes it's for education for their kids. So there have been instances where you're in another country and I say, I'm going to give you a copy of Catcher in the Rye if you spy for me. I kid you not. They are so excited to have all these books in this education for their children that that's why they're betraying their country. And of course, they love freedom. Wow. In this particular case, when they said, all right, what did this guy pay you? And she says, he didn't pay me. I said, what do you mean he didn't pay you? He says, all I wanted was sex from him. The only time <laughs> in the history of the world a woman wanted sex. That's it. For, yeah, that's it. True story. All she wanted oh. was sex from this guy. From an, and from a North Korean guy. From a North Korean spy, yes. <laughs> so that's what, yeah. Wow. Dude, I see, it's fascinating because like, like right now, like we're in, you know, downtown New York City, there's somebody who's, there's some probably either from our country or a foreign country, there's a spy somewhere Correct. within 20 blocks of Thousands. There. There's thousands. thousands of spies around. Yes. Correct. Yes. Yeah, wow. So, I mean, we, of course, we got the United Nations here, which yeah. is, I mean, we got everything. Blow it up. So, so, so you think, <laughs> so you, so, so you think right now in downtown, for real, in downtown Manhattan, you think there's probably more foreign spies here than American spies? 
Oh yeah, easily. Like easily. they're everywhere. Venom, yeah, yeah, they're everywhere. Because from it, all different countries, obviously. But yeah, I mean, you've got New York, the epicenter. You got Wall Street. You got so many things that they would love to infiltrate. You of course have many FBI filled off. I mean, you have every government agency in one way or another too. So you want to recruit those people. So there's a chance, you know, us people listening at home, probably a good chance you've encountered a spy before that is not telling you they're a spy, but you've ran like. The, if you just do the numbers, I live in New York City. Mm-hmm. I've probably been right next to a spy before. Correct. Not counting you. Like, just somebody yeah. who's undercover who's actively working. Because you're supposed to look plain. You're supposed to look boring. I mean, as I said, when I, my neighbors didn't know I was the agency, obviously, when I worked with the agency, that I, they thought I had some boring marketing business job. So, yeah, standing on the subway or just walking down the street, you get to pass one. So and remember, they've got their normal cover. So they're working at the local bank or they're working at uh, whatever job trying to blend in, really trying to get to their whatever they're real. I mean, there was that, wasn't it here in New York where all the Russians, that attractive Russian redheaded woman, or was that ring here that got busted a few, I think it was a few years ago. And I think one of them worked at a bank and they all had boring jobs, but they were really trying to infiltrate different government agencies. So nuts. Are you guys spies? You're not. Okay. You're not. Well, you're, you're, you have a Well, remember, felony. when they recruit you, they, they, you've got to have a reason <laughs> they recruit you. Like, what information do you have? What access? Because it's all about access. Right. So that's all they care about is, do you have access to Microsoft? Do you have access to the FBI? Or if they can't access, get directly to you, we use what's called an access agent. So let's say you're a super ninja spy that I'm trying to recruit, right? Okay. And I can't get to you for whatever. But she's your best friend. And I know where she goes to the gym every day. And so I happen to be at the gym at the same time. We become friends. We become best she friends. She smokes cigarettes and plays tennis, but. <laughs> I, well, then I'm going to ha- I don't smoke cigarettes, but I, and I don't know how to play tennis. But I would have to recruit her some way. And all I'm trying to do is use her as an access agent to right. get to you. Right. So another crazy 30-second true story is one time, bad guy needs to go to jail. We can't get to him. But he has a... Uh, he has a sister-in-law who's single, also very wants to mingle and, and be married. So we got to the sister-in-law that got us to this bad guy, and that's how we ended up snatching, maybe snatching and grabbing him kind of thing. But we couldn't get to him directly until we got him with a sister-in-law who gave us that access. Wow. So you got to be care- careful of access agents. Well, that's what, you know, my father tell. <laughs> God, Vito. Uh, <laughs> yeah, shoot him. Imagine that was just a... <laughs> but, um, um, my father always says, you know, like you want to limit. He would always tell me, he's like, listen, you can beat that. You can beat the house 99 times out of 100. But the one time the house wins negates your 99 wins. So he said the rule in life always is keep your numbers low. He said, keep it low with women. Keep your friends small. Keep your circle tight. Because the less amount of people you let in, in, enter into your life, the less chance you have of somebody blowing up your life. He mm-hmm. said, so just if you have a lot, he was like, people got a lot of friends, you know. You went, you know, you hooked up with a million women. That's never good because eventually right. one of them, you have such a high chance of somebody taking you down. So you as a CIA agent, obviously, you know that you put that into practice. Do you have a very small I do. circle? Very or, small. Yeah, you have a lot of kids. Yeah, 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 I'm very small. I in real life. I'm antisocial. Meaning it, I actually, don't, even on the podcast, you <laughs> yes. like I, I don't need a lot of friends. It's totally normal for me. Right. Now, I, you know, every agency officer has to be a chameleon, meaning you got to be able to go sell ice to an Eskimo, which I can do fine. Uh, but, we, is that term OK? <laughs> Vanity is well, OK. Yes. In, in real life, though, I mean, in uh, real life, I'm not social. I mean, I use a I'll show you my flip phone. I've never sent a text message in my life. Yeah. I use a flip phone. That's amazing. I, I hardly ever answer it. Like I have, you know, I never talk to people besides my closer circle. So yeah, I keep it very, very tight. Now, is that a reason because you don't want it? You can't track that. What's the reason Both. for that? Both. Okay. So one, burner phone. Go to Walmart. You have them. You don't. 
they're going to tell you because they're lazy to go uh, activate it yourself, which means you have to go online and do it. But they will activate it for you there, which means I don't have, I can pay cash. I can use my credit card. Nobody knows this is tied to me, anything like that. So it's, I, just, I still have clients that are very, very um, particular, maybe. <laughs> and so even when I'm going to meet with these clients, not only do I use a flip phone, but I leave my flip phone in my hotel. Because if somebody tracked that client me, they could see we're in the same space at the same time. Right. So even though they don't know Jason Hansen owns his cell phone, if they were able to locate different, because you can still ping the cell towers and all that and put it together. Uh, but yeah, this can't be tracked. Plus, I don't really like being bothered. I don't want, I mean, I'm, I'm old fashioned in that way. Okay, but see, see, it's interesting though, because I could, I could see, because my whole thing is I want to be old fashioned like that too. Mm-hmm. I mean, I've even, you know, my, my social media, I, I still am on it, but like, I don't even run it anymore. Like I've given it up. But for me, as especially a father like, like you, I'm like, yeah, but I need a way for my, my, my family to get in touch with me. Like that's the thing. But you just kind of let that go. You're like, right. nobody can get in touch with me. My wife has the number and everything. Right. And I have various phones and my wife only has the number too. Right. But other than Maybe that. I should do that. I mean, I, yeah, it's fine with me. So listen, that, listen, here's the thing. Jazz, you know, my, that's my girlfriend, wife. She's, you know, listening. Um, I, I'm getting, former CIA agent has told me it is okay to have multiple burner phones. So that, and I'm doing that for our safety and for the safety of our children, it's why I have multiple burner phones. So if you find them, understand that it is CIA recommended, and I'm doing this for us. You want to hear the saddest story ever? Yes. A very dear friend of mine, very dear friend of mine, several years ago, she uh, searched through her husband's car. You're allowed to have friends who are women? Yeah, I can have nice. friends who are women, of course. Good for you. So a, uh, <laughs> my wife trusts me, and I'm the world's most me boring too. guy. Yeah. Uh, so she's going through her husband's car one night looking for something, finds a phone underneath the seat. Oh, shit. Picks it up, calls the number. There's only one number in there. A woman answers, hangs up. So she calls me and she says, Jason, you know, we, we've been married 20 years. Our sex life is great. What do you think is going on? I said, he's cheating on you. She says, no, no, that would never in a million years happen. He's not cheating. I said, I want you to go tell him the exact same story. You tell me if you were innocently looking in the car, happened to find it, called the number. Call me tomorrow and tell me what happens. So she calls me the next day. She says, Jason, I've never seen him so mad in his life. He was cussing and screaming. He couldn't believe that I disrespected our marriage by even accusing him of this. Oh, thank goodness he's not cheating on me. I said, he's cheating on you. She says, wait a minute. Didn't you hear what I just said? He w- I've never seen him so mad. He couldn't believe that I would even question his loyalty. I said, he's cheating on you. She says, what do you mean? How do you know? I said, if my wife calls me right now and says, hey, Jason, are you cheating on me? First, I'll make some joke that won't be funny because that's how marriage works. They never find the jokes funny. But I'm not going to cuss. I'm not going to scream. I'm not going to freak out because I'm not cheating on my wife. But guilty people overreact because they're like mm-hmm. a cat backed into a corner because they think if I just yell and scream and go crazy, they'll never dare ask me about it again. So, right. I, I, so I tell her all this and she's like, no, 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 Jason, you're wrong. He's not cheating. Click. Six months later, she gets a knock on the door from the state troopers in her state. Mrs. So-and-so, we're sorry your husband's dead. Mm-hmm. He died having sex with his mistress at his mistress's house. He died of a heart attack. He had about a heart. And she's like, Jason, you're still the only person who knew he was cheating. How did you know? Because I told you, I know your husband or knew your husband. He's not a psychopath. And he doesn't usually cuss and scream and go nutso. So if he was not having an affair, he would just be like, why are you asking me? What's going on? He wouldn't lose his crap. So when somebody overreacts, you know they're lying. Interesting. There you go. Because you've heard that before, but never from a professional. Okay. So you keep it calm. You keep it calm. Okay, here's what we do. 
We do. We have voicemails. Um, people call 347-343-3321 if you want to get involved. We always if you ask some advice. We always do it with the guests. Or if you have any question you want to know, you dial that number. You can get on the show. This one is from Chicago. Kaylee from Chicago. KiwiCo, this is the product that I talk about almost every week here on the Chrissy Chaos. My family loves it. If you want to get your kids off devices and get them engaged, get them making arts and crafts that will help them in the real world, then KiwiCo is the only option. My daughter is crying in the background because the KiwiCo box isn't here yet. But once that KiwiCo box comes, she is happy. Summer is a time to make memories with the kids. We're making them right now. It's beautiful whether you're going to stay at home, head out to the beach, adventures. KiwiCo invites kids and kids at heart to celebrate the season of discovery through hands-on fun. My kids have made headphones. My kids made a pinball machine. My kids made a volcano. It literally two, three hours sometimes off the device, engage in activity. It's beautiful. They're getting confident. I'm getting confident because I don't want to build anything, but KiwiCo makes it so easy easy, step-by-step. It's fun, family, fun, friendly. I love it. KiwiCo does the legwork for you so you can spend quality time tackling the projects together. There's something for kids of all ages, everybody, you, whatever you want. There's no commitment. You can cancel, pause at any time. I don't know why you would want to, but if you want to, you can. So right now you're going to get 50% off your first month plus free shipping on any crate line with code chaos at KiwiCo.com. That's 50% off your first month at K-I-W-I-C-O.com. Promo code chaos. I'm Chrissy KiwiCo. I love it so much. My kid's crying because the box isn't here, but it's coming soon, baby. Daddy's got a discount, 50% off. Game time. Woo. Game time. Woo. Game time is the only ticketing app service I use. Forget planning months in advance, folks. Okay? You don't need to with game time. They have deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. You can even get tickets to Radio City or the Theater at MSG, September 22nd, 23rd, using game time. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball, concerts, comedy, theater, and more. This is what I love about game time. The game time guarantee, hashtag GG. The game time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find the tickets in the same section, and row, four less, Guess what game time does? They credit you 110% of the difference. 110% of the Diffy Whippy, folks. Are you kidding me? What? I don't know what else you need if I'm telling you that if you get the same tickets in the same row for less, you get 110% of the difference credited back and you're not going to use game time. What are you, crazy? Game time tickets are directly sent to your phone. You never have to dig through your email. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds, a.k.a. segundos. Two taps and you're set. That's it. Right now, download the Game Time app, create an account, and use the code CHAOS, C-H-A-O-S, for 20% off your first purchase, okay? That's Game Time app. Download it right now. Create your account. Use the code CHAOS, 20% off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code CHAOS for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last-minute tickets. Lowest price. Guaranteed. Hey, Chrissy, this is Kaylee from Chicago. So my boyfriend and I were just watching the movie Taken with Liam Neeson, and I asked him, say I went missing, would you go full Liam Neeson for me? And he hesitates and goes, eh, I need to know, is this a red flag? Thank you. Bye. He's lying. He's cheating. He's having <laughs> sex with his mistress. He'll die of a heart attack. What, first of all, Kaylee, um, I don't know that that's a red flag because you hesit because he hesitated. Number one, he could be just making a joke. Number two, it's like it, you know Liam Neeson 
taken. It's like, uh, that's a lot of stuff. Listen, I love, you know, our girlfriend. I love my wife. But it's like, you know, first of all, to think about getting on flights to if you're in like a country. I think that movie was like they're in like Serbia or something. I'm not getting on a connecting flight. I'm not doing any of that. I have shows. I have work. Who's going to watch the kids? It's like, babe, if you take if you take in Jason's two day Krav Maga defense course, you could be able to get away from your captors. You didn't want to do that. Instead, you want to get your nails done and go listen to Daddy Yankee. I can't help you. In real life, if you get snatched in the private sector, yeah. So if you don't have the U.S. government going after you, it's very expensive. Like if somebody got snatched and said, "Hey, Jason, I'm bringing you and your team in," it's going to cost you about two million bucks. Whoa! Because yeah, yeah, and that money's not a very, very small percentage of that money actually goes to me. Because if you say, "Hey, I've, I'm in Serbia or wherever," is you've got to I've got to get all my XCI buddies. You've got to get my military special forces buddies. I mean, it is a very in-depth thing, and all these guys got to get paid. You got to have private jets. You got to have all this equipment go over there. You're going to have to do bribes. Not that we would ever bribe somebody because that's not allowed, but it's a very, very in-depth thing. Interesting. So, so sometimes people ask me, like, hey, if my son got taken or whatever, can I hire you? And I said, to be honest, it's kind of about two million bucks just because right. it is so in-depth. So then what would be the course of action if, like, somebody's kid got snatched in another country? Like, trying well, to call the government? Yeah, yeah, Obviously, you want to call the government. You want to try and use their resources. And they would help you, probably? Yeah, or yeah maybe- they'll help you. But still, in certain situations, like Haiti right now that's going to the crapper, they're not going to be much help because there's hardly any government people on the ground, so you're on your own. So that's when you say, hey, the U.S. government's not going to help me because Haiti's right. basically evacuated. I want a private sector guy to come in there. It's going to be very, very expensive. That's real money, though. Yeah. So when you see, yeah, see, see Liam Neeson, the Liam Neeson movies, those are when he's playing undercover spies and all that. Those are fanatical. That's not real shit. Highly entertaining. Awesome movie. I love the movie. But yeah, one guy going in and doing that whole stuff. Uh, again, you don't see the surveillance. You don't see the multiple teams running. That's the only realistic way to do it. Right. It's wild. I wish that they could admit that they kill people, but you can't. Because I would love to just talk about some fucking crazy shit you've seen. <laughs> what is the craziest shit you've seen on the job that you can talk about? Like, like that is okay that maybe you don't have to tell us all the details, but you're like, I cannot believe that that just happened. <laughs> you know, like, Fro- a deer in the headlights look. A deer in the headlights look. See, I'm getting nervous. Yeah. I mean, a lot it. of it is just, I mean, sometimes there's two ways. Right. Sometimes it's like, I can't believe how crazy it is. And I thought I was going to have to shoot that guy because he was going to mess with me. And I didn't which, shoot him. And I did not shoot him. His head not. blew off, but what a quick um, dink. And then the other times are <laughs> screw ups. And you think, I can't believe this is the best and the brightest. Like, I can't believe like, right. Like this is, this is the U S government action. So yeah. Yeah. Cause, cause I, you know, I don't know. Like, that's the thing. Like I get it. I get it. Like the CIA, you can't say anything. I get it. It's it's the government. You can't say anything. But man, I just want to. And know. they remind you when you leave the agency. When you first join the agency, you have to sign a secrecy agreement. Uh huh. And they remind you, like, hey, don't forget you signed this. And if you say anything, you're not. Like I've written several books. Every time I have to send the manuscript to the agency, they send it back with multiple pages redacted. And then you got to go back and forth for and six months. And if you months. didn't listen to them, they put you in jail. Well, then they refer you to the DOJ, and the DOJ bankrupts you. Here's another true story. So everybody, not everybody, but most people who work at the agency, when you first start, you get that cliche picture where you're standing in front of the Great Seal and Headquarters building. Oh, that's real. Yeah, yeah, that's okay. real. Yeah. So that thing you see in every movie, right? Yeah. So I've got a picture of me, 23 years old, standing in front of the Seal in a suit, right? Right. When I left the agency, I put that on my website. It said former CIA officer, right? And it was when I was doing my security stuff that I do now. Well, I get this letter from the, uh, the attorney, the agency attorney that says, hey, by the way, you can't use that picture. You're going to be in big, big trouble. So I call them up and I'm like, hey, what's going on? And they're like, it makes it look like the CIA is endorsing you. 
And I said, I say former CIA. I'm not telling anybody yeah. I work for the agency. And he says, take it down or you're going to get referred to the Justice Department. So a buddy of mine used to work in this area and I call him up. And I say, what's the real deal? He says, well, technically you can use that picture. There's not a darn thing they can do. But the agency doesn't like being told no. So if you don't take it down, they're never going to refer you to the Justice Department. We'll bankrupt you just because you mess with us. Right. And so I said, all right, I'll take the picture down. Yeah, so, I, right so, so I took it down. Well, that, that's the thing, too. It's like I do believe in somewhat of like the powers that be like if you mess with if you even if you were somebody who wasn't ever me, I'm not in CIA, whatever, mm -hmm. I could legally talk shit about the government all I want, say whatever I want. Right. But if it gets to a point where I'm really starting to nail some things and really starting to get like really popular with this government stuff, I feel like inevitably those people always wind up in trouble somehow. Like taxes, your tweet from 2013, you get in trouble. Like I just feel like and nobody can ever say it happened, but I'm like, it's too much of a coincidence that you're talking so much shit about high ups that now something happened to you. So a buddy of mine had an issue with the agency, friend of mine, didn't do anything yeah. wrong, good guy. We both happened to leave the agency at the same time. Very total coincidence, right? Um, lo and behold, he gets audited by the IRS, and soon after, I get audited by the IRS. Coincidence? Wow. Just happened. Just, yeah. A miracle of all miracles, Well, see, right? that's why, and, and again, when I first started comedy, when I first started you know, entertainment, I was like, you know, you want to be big. You want to be like Kevin Hart and whatever. I don't feel that way at all anymore. So I started having kids. I'm like, the best thing that could happen to me is for me to have my podcast, mm -hmm. my little fan base, sell tickets to my little people who know me. But other than that, be have mostly anonymity because it's like the more you get out to where like everybody knows what you're doing. The, I just feel like there's the more chances for you, people to be like, fuck that guy for some random thing you said. And then your whole life falls apart. I feel like some of the happiest people I know, nobody knows who they are. And that's and they're living such like a free, good, easy life. So when I left the agency, I was doing a lot of corporate work. Right. And it was these huge multi-billion dollar corporations would almost literally sneak me in the back door, have some kind of kidnapping problem in Brazil or wherever needed me to help out. And I would realize, oh my gosh, you guys, you have like four people of this multi-billion dollar corporation who are security. One guy's in the US, one guy's in England, one guy's in Australia, you know, that kind of stuff. And so I was doing all this stuff under the radar. And then a buddy of mine said, hey, there's a show Shark Tank you should go on. Yeah. And I had this wonderful business mentor because I left the agency. I didn't know anything about business. And he said, Jason, are you good at what you do? I said, yeah. He said, does it help people? Yeah. You know, does it save lives? I said, yeah, it has. And he says, well, you need to go on these shows and start getting out there if you want to help more people and if you believe that what you're doing is good. Because it's totally unnatural for me. Like, I didn't, you know, I would have never done any of this stuff, any of the publicity I've done. But it's always in the back of my mind is like, if you think you're good at what you do and it helps people, right. you got to get out there. So it's that double-edged sword, right. meaning I have like zero desire to be famous. I have zero desire for anybody to really know anything about me. But at the same time, I love what I do. I know it helps people. And I have a wife and kids to provide for at the same time. Right. So it is that you, you got to be careful kind of thing. Right. But the cost of living in Utah is, can't be that bad. That's not. Well, you know how expensive six, if I got uh, six and a half kids. One's on the way. Whoa, like, you don't stop. Six kids are expensive. Holy they want shit. to be fed. They want clothes. I'll just, uh, so I'm cheap in certain things. My wife is always like, well, you own all these AR-15s and all these guns and knives. I said, that doesn't count. No, that, that, <laughs> yeah. that, that doesn't count here. Yeah. But I just paid $74,000 for a Ford Transit van. Because once we have baby number seven, our kids, our whole family can't forget, uh, fit in our Suburban. Wow. But like $74,000 for a vehicle. Yeah. It's not a Porsche. It's not a Ferrari. Wait a it second. Is a, it is a van. Seven kids. So, like, what are you going to... What is your life? Do you have a nanny? No, we don't have a nanny. I keep telling my wife we need to get one, but I think it's how those women have that thing, like they think it's a 
you know, I'm a failure. I can't do it. And I'm like, yeah. honey, we need a nanny. My, I'll tell you what my life is. I get up at 5 a.m. every day. I either go do training, meaning I'm teaching a gun class, a self-defense class or whatever, or I'm working in my office doing consulting. I try and shut down about 5 p.m. every single day. And as soon as I get home from 5 to 9, it's taking the kids to swim practice, t-ball practice, violin, whatever we're doing. It's just constant chaos and all that kind of stuff. So 5 a.m. every day, seven days a week? So, uh, six days a week. I'd, on Sunday, Sunday is my day off. We go to church. I don't work. But yeah, six days a week, not on, not on the Sabbath. And as soon as you're up, like, so what is your routine? 5 a.m., are you exercising right exercising. away? Exercising, yeah. Immediately. Yes, I do. Well, I mean, I brush my teeth. I take my supplements, do my neti pot thing because I got bad allergies and all that. But then I exercise. And then I write some article because I do a lot of writing and I'm writing the next book or I'm writing whatever. And then it's off to the training or it's off to consulting I have for the day, a lot of Zoom meetings or whatever it might be. Wow. See, I, sometimes I just feel like I don't do, like I wake up at 5 a.m., 5.32, but I just like read a book about stoicism and then fall asleep reading it and do a few push-ups and then just, I don't fucking know. But that's almost better. Meaning yeah. like my, you know, you get to relax. I need to learn how to relax. Like my days are just jam-packed. Jam-packed, yeah. I got, so. I got three kids, so it's like, Damn, so it's, it's still not busy. Se- I mean, yeah, that's, but it's not seven. That's a lot to do, though. Oh my god, what do we got? Oh, oh yes. Every, every guest. Hold on. I'm worried. You get Deets and Watson mustard. <laughs> that's it, baby. Dare I ask? What do you think of that? Hey, also, I could give you this. You have any ketchup? Yes. <laughs> Here, Deets and Watson meat bites. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Ooh, these oh. actually look good. Hold on, here we go. And because I see you're really struggling, you guys, you, no more socks from Walmart. Deets and Watson socks. Thank you and thank you. I can always, these are like church socks too. These are black. There you go, baby. I can wear them. Enjoy awesome. it. If you love the sausage, it loves you back. <laughs> Spy secrets that could save your life. Jason Hansen, go get the book or he will kill you. Probably. Allegedly. Allegedly. Thank you, Jason. I'm going to check my door handles when I go to my car. <laughs>